0: say I'm understudy, might say I'm over the
1: top, but there's like no clean water, so the pop is over they say amazing grace. Gina. Mm-hmm. Tanya. Hi. Hello. So, uh, it has been a minute since I have recorded my podcast. Mm-hmm. It was a hiatus that turned into what feels like a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, or even a decision. Or <laughs> even a decision. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wait, what do you mean?
0: that you've made a decision that you had been like oh right "Right." Mm
1: -hmm. well that's the thing Mm -hmm. i'm like boy this hiatus has been lasting longer than i thought and exactly exactly. so does that just mean i'm done Mm -hmm. i've you know done a lot yes it does bye bye thanks thanks. for listening (laughs) hey everybody It's Tanya okay. from Tanya's Take and Gina from Sister Says. That's me. And we're back on mic because I've missed being on mic, which is good. Like, it's good to let the hiatus go long enough that you actually miss doing the show. Yes, it keeps it fresh. Keep it fresh. Tanya's Take, Race, Culture, and the Culture of Race. Where I am right now is trying to determine whether I should keep going. And who better to discuss that with than my sister, Gina. Gina. Mm-hmm. Now- There's a lot to discuss here, lots to unpack. You cannot craft while we do this. But I can. Gina has this thing where she must constantly be doing something with her hand called ADD. (laughs) So she's currently literally making jewelry. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) If you could see my face, you would see how okay it is now. But you can't. But it's going to make little. All right, well, anyways, the little noise that you hear is Gina crafting, Um, and the cat, and her cats. But we're going to forgive all of that because if I do decide to keep doing the podcast, one of the things that I'm going to do is move into working with a studio and an engineer. So sound is going to be on point. But the sound is usually pretty good. The sounds pretty good, but it's just a matter of like it not all being on me because that's one of the things that's challenging is like I produce it. I... Create the content, I edit, I then master it. Like, it's a lot of work. But doesn't it end up being financially less feasible if you have to pay other people to do those things? No, because I have a grant. Oh. That I haven't used. Like, when it, you know how sometimes you apply for grants and then you forget that you applied and you have the money? No. No. Oh. That has never <laughs> happened to me. I can ah. very, very. Do you mean you've much- never applied for a grant or you just have never applied for a grant and forgotten it? Both. I, uh, um, yeah. 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 No. Well, I got a grant, and then I haven't Probably used was it. People are talking about magic grants, and I don't even know what that means. So. It's a fascinating world, oh. and it is how a lot of artists keep trucking. And, but it's the hustle, Gina. I used to work for a grant writer, so yes. Oh, my gosh. Gina has had so many ah! jobs. All right, a little bit more about Gina. Mm-hmm. No, Gina, number really one. Mm-hmm. Well, um, Gina is an unlicensed doctor. <laughs> Um, and that's basically because both our parents were doctors Uh and Gina used to read my father's medical magazines, sometimes, Sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, but apparently taught herself everything she needs to know because she's literally the first person I call whenever anyone in my family is sick and she does a little research and comes up with a remedy and she is always right. That's Mm all. one of the things that has been challenging me Mm -hmm. about, um, deciding whether or not to continue with the podcast is because the amount of emotional heavy Mm lifting I think brought me to a point of such exhaustion that I came to the revelation that I needed to stop explaining racism to white people now that's what you felt you were doing that's what I felt like I was doing and here's the thing so i think i took like a ton of care in trying to get people to sort of recognize their own bias and their own prejudice on the podcast and i think they were really strong powerful episodes i think because i also do that in work where you're working with organizations where you have to essentially get them to buy in to why their organization needs dni training yes and then some of the experiences as you know that i have had in terms of like holding the client's hand for quite a long time. If not the whole time. If not the whole time, offering really good programming that they have benefited from. And then as I sort of continued to suggest more programming that they really needed because there had been a rupture in the organization, that's when they begin to balk. That's when they start to micromanage. When the work gets hard. When the work gets hard. Um, and it's not anymore
0: like, oh, let's just talk about this and fix everything, and we all get along and have affinity groups.
1: Right. So, literally, it was about creating affinity groups. So I've talked in other episodes that affinity groups is essentially people who self-identify in the same way um, group together in order to talk through certain things, so they can have transparency and feel like they're in an environment where they won't have to justify what they say. Often, when a group of people from various races come together to talk about race, what ends up happening is the people of color end up having to take care of the white people in the group who aren't ready to face some things. So when you have affinity groups, people break off. That was a, what kind of stone is that? That's turquoise. a turquoise. A turquoise stone. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. You break them off into groups, and therefore, the people of color can sort of address the issues that are pertinent to them without having to caretake for the white folks.
0: And I don't really appreciate affinity groups because- She is not a fan. I feel like that's the exact reason why we can never get past our affinity group. Well, Because we don't want to sit down and have the ugliest conversation
1: in the world, which is what we would have to have. But also, I don't think it is. I think at least it has to be a stage. I would agree probably that an affinity group can't be the end game, but I feel like it can be a stage in the process. And then if you can down the line, get everybody back in. And in fact, a lot of the time, the way affinity groups are set up is, Everybody breaks off and then everybody comes back in. So everybody breaks
0: off, talks about how much they hate the other group, Uh how much they're uncomfortable, (laughs) how they wish they'd stop doing white hate or black shame. That's right. And then they all come back and they smile at each other and go knee to knee.
1: Well, they smile or they don't. And often the white folks are very upset at that point um, and grumpy. And uh, the black folks feel seen, which is great, but then they're folded right back into the environment where they no longer feel seen. And the energy in the room is usually weighted towards the grumpiness of the white folks.
0: And does that get
1: discussed ever when people come back? It sure doesn't.
0: Groups? Yeah, I never thought of that.
1: It sure doesn't. So. Mm-hmm yeah i mean affinity groups i think like they can have some benefit again at least to have an opportunity to feel heard within your own group where you self-identify and of course the backlash of them is often that you know people from the outside hear about these and it sounds like there are um organizations or administrations that are segregating their staff right so Mm. then like it gets out like in the press that such and such school's principal got on the microphone and was like everyone needs to split up according to race which of course is not what they said you know but is how it gets interpreted
0: it's exactly what they said oh is no No, but i'm saying oh (laughs) a little something we forgot my cats play the piano
1: i'm sorry that was good, clean fun. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. he's working on the new theme song. Good job. That's right. But uh, so, anyways, the whole point being, like, yeah. I actually pitched an affinity group to an organization who had had a really sort of bad fracture, and in the in the uh, staffing and uh, people of color were not feeling heard or like they could come. Uh, bringing their authentic selves and um yeah these were like real issues of safety and stuff it wasn't like oh i feel bad because yeah you don't like me i mean it was just like we're not being protected right and um we don't feel like we have any job security and we don't feel like all sorts of things and i was really trying to impress with the the c-suite folks who were all white what was needed and so C-suite. C-suite. that's like um ceo cfo oh, I like, was those like those folks oh i hope i thought it was the name of the company i'm like are we doing that no, no. oh god, no. Oh god no. no okay this is just a generalized <laughs> this, is a, <laughs> this is a hypothetical I mean, let's just say i mean one yeah, group <laughs> um so anyway yeah so that all crashed and burned right mm-hmm. so i had gotten them all the way up to the point of committing to these affinity groups and my beginning to design the programming and then them feeling really stressed about not knowing what was gonna be happening in the affinity groups, which was the which point. Which is the whole point. And um, basically suggesting other programming that they could kind of paste onto top of mine. But wanted me to pretend like it was what I originally pitched. And because I have boundaries and self respect, I was like, hell to the no. I, I mean, I'll do what you want, but let's just be clear it's not what I pitched. And they didn't understand that. And then basically, what I had presented to them in a, in a, PowerPoint right. and the different groups being represented just by a graphic that like was a different <laughs> color box. Right. Um, the one of the people reflected back to me like, well, we had to come up with something because all you offered us was a bunch of colorful boxes. Oh, my goodness. And that was it for you. And I was like, and scene. And scene. But from now, from this point on, that to me is like the... Like, is that what I'm doing? Is that well, what people are seeing? Well, is not that what pe- either. Is that what I'm doing? Well, which you're not. Which right, I'm not. Right. Or that's what it all gets reduced down right, to. Right, right. Is More they like think it's just a bunch of colorful boxes.
0: Well, that's what it, a lot of times it's like, let's check off these colorful boxes and then we can say we did it and move on. Like, even the whole, you know, peg. Right. Not peg, because that's... But I mean, that would
1: have even... But that's even giving him a little bit of room, the guy who said that, because that is at least a box. Like, he was literally reducing, like, everything I had done and would have done with them to colorful boxes, as if literally that's what I was offering. And so, like, that literally now has become the phrase that, for me, sort of exemplifies what the relationship with folks who I feel like I need to continually explain to them why they need the work and they're gonna balk and reduce what I'm offering them to colorful But how many times has that actually happened before? It's happened enough, like, and that, yeah, I mean, I think it's a good time or point to say, it's true, I've had a lot of uh, relationships that have followed through and have been successful, and I think I've made an impact and that's been good. But I've also had a number where it's just so clear that when you're really getting to the core basis of what's needed, people aren't ready, people can't do it.
0: And it's usually in the situations with our big com- bigger companies or places where, like the places where it works, sometimes it feels like you're preaching to the choir. Like right. They already believe it right. and they just want to work even
1: deeper into it. Totally. As opposed to the people who really need it, don't get it, don't believe it. And possibly never will. And so I just have gotten to a point where, and then I was saying, and then we went through a brief phase where I was like saying that to folks. I said it to Gina. I'm like, yeah, I only want to yell at white people. Like I'm only want to work with people who want me to come into their organizations and yell at them and tell them everything they're doing wrong. And And Gina was like, okay. (laughs) And, um, I like was like just in a a phase. uh And I was saying that. And I said that to a mutual friend of ours and, Um, who's good friends with Gina and like later was saying to Gina, like, so Tanya was telling me that all she wants to do is yell at white people, uh-huh. and um, Gina, very wisely, a white friend, a, a white friend of ours, and so I, she very wisely was like, um, "I think you need to dial that back a little bit. Like, <laughs> it's not really it's not something working. you want to be quoted on. It's not nice. It's not working. It's not really. Um, we were just having a birthday dinner, so you know, oh. right? I, I mean, Maybe. I, it, it's not like Tanya's take. I want to yell at white people. Mm-hmm. So, but I understood the mood." The mood and the feeling. The of mood is exasperation. More, I don't want to. Ex,
0: I don't want to explain it anymore. I, I don't just want, to want to explain to, it anymore. Help fix it.
1: Right, and I want people who are already on board. So I feel like I've like served my time. It's almost like you know how like social workers tend to have a high turnover, because the work is so hard. Mm-hmm. I feel or special like ed teachers or special ed teachers, mm-hmm. and I feel like the same thing with um, people who are working in the DNI space because it has to constantly like change itself or morph itself because you have you reach a point where you grow out of like the first stage which is getting people to see it and to understand it right and you either then have to move off of that and find what your next stage is which i think i have which is which is what talking to people who get it enough that are willing to do real work Uh (laughs) uh-huh Gina just pulled out something that looks like a gun what's that Gina it's a blowtorch never in my life Podcasting and blowtorching. Maybe at the end you'll do a little um, do-it-yourself ring making, DIY ring making. That's right, since I always call it DIY anyway. Um, right, exactly. Um, <gasps> DNI, uh-huh. DIY, DIY. Um. So mm-hmm. now, have I found those people? Not necessarily, no. because I have been continuing to work with a few folks who have like essentially let me come in and like yell at them, yell at them. <laughs> But I haven't necessarily forged a long term, ongoing relationship with them. I mean, I don't know. I can't see the future. I feel like I'm the most impactful then. Right. Um, But I also realize that, like, it is it very likely ends relationships. Well, because of like (laughs) the last
0: thing you did, you had such an amazing. I think you got standing ovations. Did yeah. you got a couple? I mean, I think you got a couple standing up. Um so
1: right? uh-huh. mm-hmm. uh, my work has become like super, super cool. I can't reveal who, but um, I have been consulting and doing DNI work for a presidential campaign. And the last so one fun. I did mm-hmm. was so good that at the end. <laughs> I got a standing ovation. And, and I could not stop talking about it. Every time
0: she texts me, she has a picture of the standing ovation next to it, too. I took a picture of Did the Did you know audience. I got a standing ovation, she says? But and the, I said, yes. The point being.
1: It was amazing. It was amazing. And, and, and it, it wasn't two- all, like, just people like-minded. No, exactly. And the other thing, honestly, is, like, one of those humble moments. Like, I get it that what I do as a DNI facilitator, I regularly get applause after we're Done training them for the day, and I just am aware of like most people don't get applause at the end of their days, <laughs> so it's like right pretty freaking cool. I want to tell my students that
0: I want slow class, I made it <laughs> <laughs>
1: from now on, right? Yes. And so, in this case, it took it to a whole other level, and it was a freaking standing out, and it was pretty freaking cool. Um, that was but. Cool. Again, yes, so anyway. it doesn't necessarily oh, parlay itself. I
0: brought that up just to say that is also one of the times where you, because you did such a, because you told the truth and you got the standing ovation, you also
1: had repercussions that you don't have to go into. But... Right. I can't go into detail, and uh, but yes, there are sometimes repercussions for that, mm-hmm. which and I think that's why I was so obsessed with the standing ovation. Right. Because the repercussions, I was like, buh, buh, right. you know? Right. Because you were like, wait, I got a phone call. They're just calling me to tell me how amazing I was and how great to I was." To do am. a victory
0: lap, right. you know? And
1: uh, and I mean, in the future, we'll tell how that all sort of turns out and we'll keep you posted. But the truth is, like, that's what was kind of heartbreaking because it's like that constant um ebb and flow of like, you get, you flow for a minute and then you realize like just how much it's going to retreat back. So much work left to do. So the, the, it becomes very crazy making. And then I remember, oh, I don't have to do this actually have to do this nobody no it's like I was gonna say nobody's paying you but they are they're paying you don't have to do it (laughs) and paying me well but technically I don't have to do it I mean for the love of God I'm doing a show in the spring at the Goodman that I could not be more excited about I'm a freaking actress I don't have to do this but should I (laughs) (laughs) but should I but
0: is that your job to do it well not your job but I mean is it your calling
1: I think it it is a passion of mine. I think that I I am clearly capable of it. I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh but yes. But I do not um, know. Like I know I've run the course of the first phase. Yes,
0: you have. Explain You've done a couple of
1: phases. Yes, I am good. Because um, from all the way back can we talk to about, yes, race but, phase. Yes. That was, so, that was yeah. a
0: very painful growing experience.
1: For that me. was painful. That was a good two years. Then I've done this for um, two full seasons. So maybe it's you who have to look at how far you're willing to go into the work.
0: Because this is where it gets even harder. Digging in a little bit further. But then I think
1: that... Um, if well, not you, the, then who? I don't know. There's tip. a lot of people doing this. Uh, on the Instagram. <laughs> I'm like, really? I mean, there's are these youngins. Oh, my gosh. The thing is, is like there's a really powerful these group of youngins. They're like 32. Okay. And they have like hundreds youngins. and thousands of followers. 18 year olds are youngins. Anyway, yes. Well, they're younger than me. <laughs> Wait, yeah, that's true. We're, oh, we are so oh fucking Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, like, that's so depressing Well, because that's what's crazy. 35 all the time. Well, like, and that that that's the like. thing. Like when I look at people who are really thriving in terms of, and of course this is sort of the most surface aspect of it. Um, Instagram and stuff like people who are getting book deals or people who are in, um, have a ton of followers and everything they post gets a million, whatever um they're all in their early 30s No, it's a whole thing right plus maybe
0: social media isn't the place like they're not also going
1: to companies and right i mean some of them are some of them but but also it can't really be about any about that it's about what role what purpose am i serving if the relationship does usually end and of course Anyone who's looking to hire me, I will happily come and do a <laughs> D&I workshop. That is not what I'm Don't saying. Don't be confused. I'm just talking about in terms of like, in addition, because one of them, sometimes it feels like one of them has to go. Or how do I do both? And that's the thing. like, Because if I'm going to do heavy lifting in the podcast and heavy lifting in these organizations, right. I mean, one of the things was, or do I turn this podcast into something else, which is just like a, a celebration of amazing Black women? who by living their life and coming in and talking about something they're passionate about it's are sort of modeling dny work all the time um dny is not a thing diy let <laughs> do it yourself divvy bikes
0: <laughs> so and i've talked uh-huh. about that in other seasons <laughs>
1: where i'm like uh-huh. it's the most radical act to just be myself and be a black woman who's willing to right talk and And then if I have a platform where I can bring more black women in to do that. So that would be the direction I went in. Maybe with a dose of teaching component every once in a while. Mm -hmm. Regular sister says, like, that's what I'm leaning towards. You're on to something. I think you're on to something. Um, but so here's a question that partly weighs into whether I would do it or not is what is your definition of success? Hmm, well, why are you thinking about it in terms of your podcast or life or what? Um, I would say creative and or work success, not life. Like in terms of a, motiv- a motivator or just what does it look like to you?
0: Well, I wanna say it's not based on finances, but I think partly to be honest. To be honest, I would want to be making whatever I do I want to love it, I never want to not want to do it, which I'm lucky enough to have in teaching. Yeah. I really do love it. Um, I'm never bored. Yeah, sometimes I don't want to go to work, but you know, it's because I want to lie down. But I can't make enough money to enjoy the other things that that should bring me. Like I have all this joy in my work, but that's all I can do. I can't travel, I can't this, I can't that, I can't live in a place I want, I can't have a nice car, my car is 15 years old so it makes it unsatisfying but not necessarily unsuccessful yes so i guess success to me would be being satisfied now is that being satisfied because i emotionally teach myself how to be satisfied with what i have or being satisfied because i have enough i'm not sure i don't know either i mean
1: i mean that's the question i go back and forth with with the podcast because like i mean sure i know people listen and i appreciate everybody that does I don't have a podcasting platform. I don't have advertisers. I don't, um, I don't know. I mean, is it really just like, okay, so I'm going to have a bunch of women come and talk on mic and we'll have a good time and some folks will listen to it. Is that enough? Like, is that success? I don't, I mean, it could be. If, Maybe it's your own definition well, it's of whatever it is. It's defining, not like you're doing,
0: not doing other
1: things. Right. Too. And it's not, it's not, I mean, and the... Podcast has always parlayed itself into financial opportunities, which is great, Um, but it isn't what I rely on, which is great, because then I can just choose to do it or not. Which is pretty
0: successful. Like, that's another big part of success, the the ability to walk away if you don't want to do it and not have it devastate your life financially.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: That's pretty cool. That's your whole life, though. You've always lived like that. Like what? Like...
1: Never put yourself in a situation where you can't walk away. I know. I don't know. But I have always considered that an amazing fortune and like gift that I've been given that I don't entirely know why. Well, no, because you don't
0: have, I don't know, maybe you do, but it doesn't seem like you have that need for outer trappings. Like, mm-hmm. you're like, I got shoes. I got a pair. I'm good. Ah, yes. I need 20. None of them fit. I hate them all. I need to me more, you know. So there's also a difference between your mindset. So you have that. That's true. So that means you can even more make it exactly what you want. And maybe as people listen, they can put in their two. So, I mean, I'd love to know
1: what our listeners would like to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, engagement's hmm. a big deal. Right. And like moving forward, like one of the things I'm going to ask y'all, if you even bother to listen to this episode, is to reach out. Like message me let me know you want it to keep going. I've gotten great feedback from you and I really appreciate it, but I want to know like, and not like as advertising me way, like really, do you want to hear my voice about this anymore? Are we done? Yeah. And, and not that that will stop me necessarily, (laughs) but it's, it's number one, nice to know. It does kind of help me know that I'm not just like speaking into an abyss. Um, But also, I think that maybe some of what wore me down towards the end was sometimes that feeling of like, I can see like the platform I released the podcast on shows you like how many downloads. So I could always see that a nice number of episodes were downloaded, Mm -hmm. but maybe I would post something to engage people on the Facebook page and get little to no response. Mm -hmm. And so then it just feels like one-sided or like yes there would pe- be people who would share episodes on occasion but that wasn't like a regular thing understanding how important that part of it is like right. amplify my voice if you are getting something out of it someone else will too like right. help me and i do know like, that some of the people i do know that. in my life are are
0: expanding your listening base which is great mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and yeah
1: that's true too and i and again Um, I know it's happening, but, um, that desire for it to happen on a larger scale.
0: Be careful what you wish for.
1: Well, I get
0: that. Because you do, right? Because next thing you know, you'd have to listen to everybody's, oh my
1: goodness. Well, this is the other thing that concerns me in doing this work on a public platform is I know that the younger women who are doing it on social media, they are, they get regular death threats regular horrible Whoa. messages and so it's like I get that too and I I'm not welcoming that and I also have a family that I'm like no way would want like so it's just so maybe you just start biting off exactly as much as you need to I choose. think probably like I don't need a hundred thousand followers I just want to know people are out there which I guess I do you do know that Oh Gina so what have we decided I think also the other thing is like I had this weird thing with the first two seasons. Like I have to, I did 10 episodes and the second season needed to be 10 episodes. And I did bi-weekly schedule and like loosening that up in a way that it's like one or two a month or not, Mm -hmm. I don't know, Mm -hmm. but, but again, the, um, it leaning more towards now, like talking to women who have a specific thing that. Um, they may be passionate about, that I am also passionate about, that we can just talk about and cover a ton of bases. And um, it's just like seeing black women in action. Right. Because you're still isolating race then. Yeah. And and if if, when and if that comes up, Mm -hmm. then it's how it comes up for that individual compared to how it might be coming up for me. Yes. Gina, I have some questions for you. Ooh, I love a question. In the spirit of mm-hmm. just celebrating black women, mm-hmm. finding out what it is that makes black women tick, mm-hmm. um, what's your favorite movie of all time? Ooh. <laughs> really dumb.
0: What? Legends of the Fall.
1: Oh, my God, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> <laughs> of Brad Pitt.
0: Oh, my God. No, not just because of brad but that's what it began as but the complexity of family the complexity of longing the mystical piece of things the complexity of the native american on our land because it's a big part of it the complexity of humanity it is brothers amongst brothers against brothers and then joining together Oh my goodness! And it goes on and
1: on and on. And you would not believe it; I've never actually seen it. Oh my god! There's a suicide in it. It's all unrequited love. And and if it is it one of those movies? Because like I'm embarrassed to say that Dances with Wolves was one of my favorite movies for the longest time. And looking yeah, back now, no, I'm it's not embarrassing like that
0: mm-hmm. at all. Okay. Dances with Wolves. I know they got us. They
1: tripped us. They Kevin us. Costner tricks me he every did. time. He, every time he tricks me in <laughs> Hidden Figures. How about, oh my god! I had to have every a white time. person point out to <laughs> the me the savior. white savior chicanery in god. that movie. How about oh.
0: Wendy Houston bodyguard where he could
1: barely oh, stand? Me, me. Oh, he could barely oh, look Kevin, at her. Oh, Kevin, right? And then his her crate. Uh, her mother had him deliver her eulogy. Oh no! That was so weird. Sissy Houston, who like openly said to Oprah Winfrey. I would not have accepted if Whitney said she was gay. Then has Kevin Costner, of all people, delivered her eulogy. What the? You love stuff about like queens and like monarchy. <laughs> what is it? Not
0: drag queens, literal not monarchy. <laughs> I do
1: love a good drag queen drag story. Queens, that's, that's right. Drag race. But, right? Yeah. Like, you love all that, like a Historical fiction type
0: of stuff. Historical
1: mm-hmm. fiction. Okay. Um, what couple else? more questions. Yeah, I like it. Gina, mm-hmm. um, What is your, it's, we're nearing the end of 2019. It's been a year. Uh, <laughs> do you have a microaggression of the year? <laughs> Something that you've encountered that you'd like to share with our listeners and just give them a little taste. A little of, taste of microaggression. What's I have like? a
0: microaggression.
1: Oh, goody. Um,
0: it, and it's not so much towards me, but towards subtly every black person. <laughs> In the institution where I work, uh-huh, I have a workmate. If they ever hear this, they'll know exactly who they are. Good, who says? You know, what's with these people who just want you to say hello every time you see them? Sometimes I just don't want to say hello. Sometimes I just want to walk by and just be like, "Hey, but no, you have to say hello and you have to ask them how they're doing, if they ask you how they're doing. And I was like, "Oh my goodness, you're you're tied by black people. right because black people want you to be polite and say hello, and when they see you, they say hello, and they say good morning, and wow. then you say good morning. Right. And that's the nature of our school, the culture of our school. It's very much look in the eye, good morning, none of this head nod, backward yeah, yeah, stuff, yeah. right? Um, the white people don't do that. Right. What she's saying is, why do black people hate me? Because I won't say hi to them. <laughs>
1: And there it is. Well and that's one of that is a great way to describe a microaggression if you are a white person who's ever wondering if you've done it. Like right. that the question answers itself. Right. So why do black people hate me? Because <laughs> I won't say, say hi to them. The answers in the question. People. Oh my gosh. I was uh facilitating
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, a DNI workshop and with a, another black woman, which was so fun because I don't often get to do it with another black woman. It was so fun. We like could Freaking, I got a standing ovation. Oh my got. God, really? <laughs> oh my gosh. And um, she brought that up as we were trying to talk about some cultural differences, whatever, and how she talked about like, yeah, like generally speaking in the black culture, you say hello to everybody. You say hello. Um, and that it was something that she had to uh, adapt when she was in more white spaces that you can't. not have to. And unfortunately, you know, then she's changing something that's actually a nice thing about her, but in order to fit in, in order to, Because so right. you can see
0: the same person fifteen times in a in a walk in my school, and you guys <laughs> say hi every time, every time. <laughs> hey, hey. It and I'm talking about it to black people. Everywhere. I don't really do that that many. I mean, white people don't care as much about what? me saying hello every time I see them. Oh, which is
1: why I heard that it was a microaggression. But I love what you
0: said, the answers within the question. The
1: answers with the you know, within the question theme. I've so thoroughly enjoyed this. I, I think the answers in the question oh, of whether oh, I should <laughs> keep going. Oh my gosh, I think I, I know. Oh my gosh. And I already have a whole roster of amazing black women I will talk I would want to talk to and also interspersing sister says. So I might be threatening a third season people. I might. <laughs> but let's not. Um but let's not oh, be crazy. That's right. We'll, we'll let you have your space and I'll decide. I'll keep you posted. Um, the final question. So Oprah Winfrey always ends her interviews, many of her interviews, with some uh, question. Gene Siskel, the old Chicago... Well, he, you know, mm-hmm. he's past, not old. The Chicago film critic of Siskel and Ebert fame asked her in an interview once, and she um, stole it from him and now has made it sort of a... Her signature? Her question. signature. Mm. And she... Uh, always ask folks what they know for sure. What do you know for sure? Mm. Hmm. This I know for sure, I remember that.
0: But, you know, the only thing that comes to mind is that I'm going to die. And <laughs> like, not to be macabre. No, hey. But that is the only thing I know for sure.
1: Damn, isn't that true?
0: Which well, on that note, because I don't want to know anything else, because
1: I would not either not go for it or I'd try to make it happen. Well, the only thing you know for sure is that you're going to die. Does that do anything for you? Does that motivate you? Does that? I wish it motivated me a little more. <laughs> it kind of just paralyzes me in terror.
0: Great, but great. every once in a while I get past it. Right, and that's the job.
1: That's do, you know what I mean? That job. That is the job. Well, well Gina,
0: yeah, this has been
1: a delight. Of course, even better. Th- it's always so much fun. It's so much fun. It was informative. It was inspiring. Did you make the ring? Is the ring made? The, t- the bezel of the ring is made. There's uh-huh. a beautiful turquoise stone in there. Ooh. Thing. Thank you for listening. Thank you for hanging on. I think there's more to be said. And I will keep you posted. Maybe it'll be all right. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you count down for me from 10?
0: Ten, nine, eight, seven, five, or four. That's not how 6, you count. Six, three, two, one.
1: Aren't you a math
0: teacher? Nope. That's I'm a generalist. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much.
1: What's a generalist? I have to know a little
0: bit about everything because I have to teach all subjects. But you teach math right now. But I could teach all English tomorrow. I mean next year. What?
1: Oh yes, second
0: any time.
1: Mhm. Wow, you Oh, that was my shoe. You're very talented. Thank okay. Please. Amazing. Thank you, Lord. Bubble pop. Work a lot. It's <laughs> never sweet.